Welcome back to DMC Podcast, episode number 39. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about loneliness and heartbreak. Uh, it's a bit of an unusual topic to be talking about on Valentine's Day, because I know if Valentine's Day is a day to be celebrating the love that you have for the people around you and your part and significant other. But in today's episode, we're going to be talking about loneliness and heartbreak. And just before we get off, start, I just want to ask, Joseph, what's your feeling for the last episode? We had a guest on, someone you know quite well, Edward. And I really enjoyed it. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it just generally. And the podcast that we're doing recently, I feel like we've kind of changed things up a bit and it's really been a bit, it's really been enjoyable. Definitely, man. It's been different. It's been different, but a good different because we've been talking about things that are, you know, a little more relevant to the social world, really talking about data governance and privacy, which we're both, you know, personally really interested in, but also a lot about activism and community. You know, I come from a very diverse South London community where there's lots of people of so many different cultures and ethnicities. And it's just amazing to be able to hear how Edward in particular has been helping out his local community and just being inspired. You know, after the podcast, we both just said, you know what, man, we have so much respect for you and the stuff that you do. And like, honestly, we we aspire to be like you, like big bro Edward. He could be younger than us. You know, he's probably younger than us. And we're like big bro Edward because the way he carries himself, the way he acts is just amazing. Yeah, man, he's a role model, man. And like I said, like the many things, even in the podcast, I actually called him a baller. And I know I was kind of fanboying <laughs> a bit, but the truth of the matter is, he's a model person, man. Like it, it's amazing what he's doing, and we're wishing nothing but the best, honestly. And if you guys haven't listened to that podcast, I really think you'll enjoy that one. And check out some of the links that that Edward plugged at the end of the pod. He does do music also, which is something a bit different and something quite niche. So we inter- if you're interested in that kind of music. I can advocate for his music. It's actually, it is amazing. Trust, I really trust. do enjoy it. And yeah, I hope you guys can check out the other links as well, the other things that Edward's been doing because yeah, yeah, he's doing some stuff. great things for the community and uh, I'm nothing but the utmost respect for him. Absolutely, man. And also a special shout out to Muse as well, making a difference in the higher education systems, trying to change things, trying to flip the script and trying to bring a bit of a positive change. And I love that he asked us questions as well, man. That was amazing. Something unique that I haven't really felt before. So I really appreciated that. Yeah, big shout out to Muse as well. He's done a lot of stuff around his uh, school as well, his high school. So he's really trying to make a difference. That Also, if you haven't listened to that, give that a listen as well. Hell yeah, check man. Out, Hell yeah. Check out those links for the, uh, for the Google form that he mentioned that he, he definitely needs uh, people to be getting onto that Google form link. He has got quite a few people involved already, but if you're willing to listen to what he has to say and you're interested in what he was talking about, give back to him. He's done- Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely give him, give him the full support. But today, Manny, we are talking about loneliness and heartbreak, and it is quite a topical one because, as you said, today that we're recording this, it is Valentine's Day. Now, me and my girlfriend aren't doing anything in particular for Valentine's Day because she's got to work. And I respect that. She's got to make that bread. She's at work right now. But anyway, it's a capitalist holiday designed to buy, make you buy teddy bears and chocolates and all that stuff. And you know what? I'm a sucker for capitalism, Manny. I have bought a present, so I am just as bad as what I preach. So you know what? It's, it's, we're moving with it. Anyway, we're all good. But um, what I wanted to start off, Manny, asking you about loneliness in particular is there any times you've in particular have felt lonely? And if so, what did you do to combat this and to help yourself bring yourself back up to where you, you would you call yourself your best self? Uh, with me, loneliness is it's an unusual one because it's like I sometimes prefer being alone in the sense that when I'm out with people, I enjoy having people over. You know me, Joseph, man. At uni, I like having people around. I do enjoy having yeah. a good time with people. But the truth is, is that sometimes I feel like 
I need a break from it. So I, I do spend some time being alone, but feeling lonely and feeling that I've not got anyone around, I, I'm in a very, I would like to, I think it's a privileged position really that I have felt like that a few times and it once happened at uni, but I, like we were just talking just before the podcast started, I have one of my best mates goes to the same uni as I do. Unfortunately, I wasn't with him this year, but it's, nevertheless, it's, I've always had that kind of a comfort um, zone where it's like, if, if I need to retract, I can just go talk to him because he's basically family. And in a way, it's, it's, I, can, I can never really feel lonely when you've got someone like that with you. But definitely there's been times where I felt like I don't have anyone or don't feel like, don't feel, I don't know. I don't want to say wanted because that's not the right word, but it's like, I don't know how I get there, but sometimes you feel like you're not supported <laughs> yeah. in some ways. And it, it is it's difficult, but it happens very rarely. Like since I've got older, it's happened less often than it has when I was a bit younger, where I had been in places where I didn't really have too many friends. And it's, I've kind of tried to transform myself as a person and make more friends and be more outgoing in the ways that I feel fit for me. And it's definitely paid off in dividends. But when I was younger, I would definitely resonate with being alone because I didn't really have too many friends. And it was, it was a struggle for me at a young age. I, I don't know why. I can't really answer that, but it, it no, I I felt like that more in my, and more probably in the more important years when you're like in year two, year three and stuff like that. Um, but uh, being able to combat that, if I'm honest, at that age, <laughs> it's very difficult because you can't really comprehend it. Like you don't yeah. really understand. You're like, why, why is, why do I, why is no one talking to me? Why, why do I not have that many friends? And it is, it is difficult, but for those who are older, I feel like being alone, it is, I'm feeling lonely is difficult also. And the ways to combat that, if I'm honest, is doing something you enjoy. And sometimes, I'll be honest, the Ben and Jerry's might need to come out because you just need to indulge in that moment. Hell yeah, man. Hell sometimes yeah. It's, it's worth it. And it, it doesn't mean that every time you feel like that, you go to Ben and Jerry's and don't do that. <laughs> I, I, I'm in love with sugar, but I, even I can't. Uh, Side note, that, Manny, but. what's your favorite Ben and Jerry's flavor? Real quick. Um, half baked cookie dough Ooh. and the bra- fudge brownie. Okay, that's, that's cold. That's, that's cold. That's, that's cold. Top that's cold. Tier. That is top tier. What about Bro, you? They're always sold out of that. If if that's not there, I go for baked Alaska. Uh, you, you know what? Uh, it depends what shop you go to. You have to go Sainsbury's to get that one, by the way. Okay, I'll go Tesco. It's not so, sold yeah. out. Tesco yeah, does not have it. I've been checking need, it, and someone else told me that. I need that half baked. Yeah, if I don't go for that baked. Baked Alaska, the marshmallow swirl, the white chocolate. Mm, love that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, normal. Cookie cookie normal yeah, the classic, bro. The classic. Yeah, yeah Karen, Karen. So, so I wanted to know. I wanted to know. <laughs> no worries, no worries. But <laughs> it's just um, sometimes you need to indulge in the moment. But that doesn't mean that every time you get to that place, you have a Ben and Jerry's. Like I said, it's just it, it. Sometimes doing something like that does cheer you up. But then I feel like it has to be done in moderation you can't just always resort to the same thing every time because I feel like it doesn't really make, it, lo- it lessens its impact and lessens its value because you always resort to it. And then it's just difficult. I feel like if you feel really alone and you don't have anyone to talk to, just give someone a ring. And I, the, and any, like, even if it's just a friend, just give them a call and just explain to them how you're feeling. Because this is the problem I feel like. When you feel alone, no one really explains how they feel. You might feel alone because you don't feel like you've got the support of your friends. Just ring up your mate and be like, 
I, I might, if I felt alone, I'd probably be like, Joseph, I'll be honest, can I just talk to you really quickly? I want to vent about something. Nine, ten times out of ten, you'll say yes. I'm not even going to say nine times out of ten. You'll just say yes. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So the truth is I'd say that and then I'd explain it to you. And then, and sometimes you just need someone to listen. I, I've had conversations where I said to someone, can I vent to you about something? And, all, and I said to him, don't take this wrong way, but you don't need to answer any of the things I'm asking or like, explain anything to me or justify any of it i said i just want to like have that space where i can freely talk about how i feel and express myself and that's equally as important it's just having those kind of people and i know for some people it's like they don't feel like they have those people but rest assured i know people would lend a hand regardless and regardless of whether you're close to them or not that close but i really think that's the best way to go about it what about you well, yeah, well, similar to what you're saying, even if you're struggling to find friends, a lot of people within an education system, so it may sound like proper cheesy and proper, like, why the hell would I do that? But your personal tutors at university, they're actually trained to be able to be someone who can be there for you. Like, they're trained, that's their, part of their job and part of their qualification that they need to have is being able to be a, a well-being officer. And they always say, oh, you know, if you're having any troubles, any struggles, come and talk to me. And all the time I'm like, I'm going to talk to a university tutor. But that's because I know that I can go to my friends and my family. But some people may not have that, that option. And they may see this personal tutor and be like, you know what, that is something I want to do. And that is a very, that's a very fine thing to do to go to someone in the in a higher education system or even, for example, within the university, we have something called the Hive and there's lots of people who are there who can be there for you. And there's a peer support team and there's all these things in place to help you, which are really important. I think, you know, it doesn't just have to be friends or family. It can be a stranger even who are trained to do that exact thing. Because let's be honest, a lot of people nowadays are going to be feeling lonely. They're going to be feeling isolated, either working from home, not being able to see their friends in office, not being able to see their friends that they've made throughout their life, able to see them casually because they're just stuck indoors. And that can make you lonely. You know, being online is a wonderful thing. And having these communication channels is a wonderful thing. I know a lot of my friends use Discord and they play games together. And it's so heartwarming to see that you know, they might be alone in their bedroom, but they're not really alone because they have friends in their ear to talk to. You know, one of my friends is across the world in Korea, living the absolute time of his life. And yet he still sets aside time to chat to us and to stay up for him. It's three in the morning and it's six o'clock in the evening for us. And he's still up talking to us because he just wants to have that connection with us. And he misses us and we miss him massively, but he doesn't feel alone because he knows that he can come to us, which is amazing. Um, but in terms of when I felt particularly lonely, it was when I first came to university. And I have mentioned this a few times about, you know, how much of a change it was for me and how difficult it was initially coming to uni. And it was just a whole new world. Shout out my G Aladdin. Um, it was just so, something so different. And I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to do. And there were all these worries in my head, like after the first couple of days, when um all the flatmates hadn't moved in yet and my girlfriend at the time she was working for sky so she was you know in west london and i was just on my own and i i, I couldn't comprehend it because i'd never i'd never been alone at that point i'd never been left to my own devices really and i was like man what do i do 
And I knew that once the course started, I would be fine. I knew that I would, but I couldn't stop myself from thinking right now I feel lonely, even though in the future I may not. And I know that's not going to be the same. I know that will change right now. I feel pretty alone. And that was hard to deal with as someone who hadn't dealt with that before. And I didn't eat for a couple of days. I didn't really function really. I did, you know, the, the statutory things of going to the, going to get my ID card and going to the introductory talks and stuff like that. But it didn't feel important. It just felt like I was filling up time. And that all changed, of course, when I started to meet people that I liked, when I started going to my course, when I started putting myself out there a bit extra. You know, I, I, if I was going to give one piece of advice to combat loneliness is to just do that little bit more than you think you normally would. And that's hard to do when you're feeling down, you're feeling lonely. You've got to get up and do extra than you already did. Like, it sounds so difficult and it was but you've got to be willing to make that change you'll be you've got to be able to want to make friends if you know what i mean like it's a bit of yeah. a, a hard sentence but you've got to be willing to be able to find friends and that's exactly what i did for example when one of my really close friends he put a message in the cathedral court group chat which is where i used to live like hundreds of people were living in that chat and he said oh has anyone got a monopoly board that i could use and you know i normally admittedly i wouldn't have replied to it i wouldn't have even acknowledged it but i was thinking oh i can see that this person is going to be doing computer science because it said it in their nickname on facebook uh, messenger it said like uh whatever his name was computer science and i was like i might actually meet this person i might see them in real life i want to make sure i have a positive connection of them i'm gonna reply to this message and i normally wouldn't have but because i was feeling lonely and i was feeling like i was on my own and i just wanted someone to latch on to I was like, oh, actually, I have a Monopoly board. I didn't have a Monopoly board. I actually didn't have it on me. But I had one at home, and I travelled home to go and get that Monopoly board so that I could have a way in, so that I went an extra mile to not feel lonely. And when I saw him, I gave him the Monopoly board, and little did I know, unbeknownst to me, he would be one of my closest friends to this day. You know, we lived together for a year last year. You know, he's been over to all of my birthday parties and we hang out all the time. We went, we go around London together, you know, Buckingham Palace. We accidentally attended a Trump rally by accident. But, <laughs> um, but all these things we've done together and I, that may have never happened if I didn't take that extra step and I didn't go and get that Monopoly board because I was feeling lonely. And I admit, I was very proactive when I was feeling that. I was very like, okay, I want to make a change. Some people may be finding it hard to do that. They may wallow in their loneliness, which is a very real thing. And it is very difficult. And it's about just trying to find the strength to go the extra mile and to just keep on trying until you find someone that you're able to, to, to share the brunt of loneliness with. And then you two can be either lonely together or flourish together, which is what I think me and my, my good buddy with the Monopoly board did. I, I think there's a lot of things that you've said and a lot of things to like dissect, but every time you say this, I'm always so surprised because I felt like I met you whilst you were on that journey of flourishing because when you say that I was alone or lonely, I can't picture it. As in, because I've seen you, when I first met you, you, you were in that stage of all those things must have occurred because then we started going into lectures together. Yeah. It, it never occurred to me that you were kind of that, I wouldn't say that kind of person, but you've never been in that place. 
it would never I, whenever I see you I see, talk about you I'm like yo Joseph just has, knows everyone he's mates with everyone <laughs> like, this guy can have a conversation with anything he could have a conversation with a brick wall and it'd be it's, like, it's amazing I don't know how he does it and it's, yeah. it's, it's truly mesmerizing <laughs> if I'm honest it's, it's a really good skill that you have and whenever you mention that you were alone it doesn't compute I get like an error, error. I get an error <laughs> message in my head but no I'm, I'm glad you talked about it because I feel like that's important and also, just a funny story about IDs. Imagine this. I've walked all the way from where I used to live. And you know where I used to live compared yeah. to uni. It was quite far. Yeah. So I've walked all the way there on my like first few days. And I've forgotten my passport. So I had to walk all no. the way back and pick it up and do it. And I was like, to them, you know what? Can I just do it without my passport? They're like, no. I said, cool. I've got a picture of it. They're like, no, you have to bring your physical passport. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to come in tomorrow. Are you here tomorrow? They're like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I really can't be asked to come today. And then the person just started laughing. I was like, I've just come from, you know, where it is. And I've like spent <laughs> half an hour walking. I'm not coming back. I'm going back there. And they just started laughing. But yeah, no. Yeah. That's happened to me. And it's, it's, it's unusual that like, I feel like in a way with making friends it always starts off with the first one i feel like the first one is always the most difficult oh yeah 100%. after the first one it's so much easier because it's like you unlock a network when you meet the person you don't meet that one person you meet a network of people with that person yeah like and that's what i feel like happened for you because even if you think about it in theory you lived with like seven eight other people yeah or even more than that if you did but you live with that many people and you've met another person who might be living with the same amount of people. That means that you not only met one person, you have the potential of also meeting those seven or eight people on top of that. And I feel like that's what lots of people will like kind of dismiss when it's like you meet meeting one person has such a big impact on the number of people you can meet all together. Cause those, that person has access to a network of more people and you can meet more people through that way. But um, it's, it, it's interesting because the truth is, is that, if I, I I got on with my flatmates quite quickly, so I, I didn't feel too lonely. And I've always I spoke about the whole getting the cake. The cake was a yeah, right cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. That, the carrot that cake. The carrot cake, which should have been chocolate, <laughs> etc. But you know, we live and learn. But yeah, the truth of the matter is, is that um, the one thing that helped me was uh, the football team was also good. Yes, definitely. that was a good way. I, the the thing is with me is that I'm very particular and. I know it sounds weird because it's like sometimes it's much easier to like not be too particular about things and just be amazed to everyone to avoid the loneliness. But from my perspective, if I'm honest, I didn't really go to too many freshers events because I didn't really like going out in the evenings or I don't like nightlife if I'm honest. I don't fair, really enjoy it that fair. much. Um, I don't mind going to a bar. That's a bit different. I feel like you can strike up a conversation with someone, but at a club, you can't really have a conversation with people. It's very difficult. So for me, I was like, I'm not going to any of these uh, clubbing events. And I didn't go to any of them. And the thing is, I, I, thinking to myself now how I played my freshers, I felt like I shouldn't have had mates, which was really <laughs> awkward because I did have friends. And it's like, it just, it just, yeah, it just didn't make sense to me because it was like, the thing is, I chose what I wanted to show and what I didn't want to do. I didn't go out to any freshers events in the evening. And I went to only a few fresher events during the week because I thought to myself, that's what I would like. So I'll meet people I would like there. And I feel like that is somewhat more strategic in a way where it's like, go to somewhere you know you're going to thrive. So then you meet people who either thrive along with you or also enjoy your company. So that's how I played it and how I played my cards. And it worked out for sure. It definitely did. But at the same time, I know that it is, um, 
I had access to a very, very good friend of mine who's from known for yeah. a long time now. That was at the university that we went to, that we go to. And I had access to him. And he, if I ever felt that kind of way, like I mentioned earlier, I would just go and confide with him or just talk to him. And I even said like to him as well, it was like maybe because we're on very good terms and we're very good mates, we should probably look to be meeting other people. And we definitely did that. And now it's great that I have access to a different friend circle. He does, but we can also... He can come into my uh, hang out with my mates if he wants to, and I can come and hang out with his mates if if I want to. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it always takes that one step or that initiative to go out there and make friends. And yeah, I, I think the main word we're looking at is initiative. Yeah, yeah, 100%. like you. And also, you mentioned about having that one other person. Like you had your mate who you came to uni with, who you've known for ages, and that that had you had another person you just be able to confide with and the same way i found that one person with my monopoly board since that point that very same day we met another person just going up to the buffet introductory lunch one of them one of them made a a, a sideways comment about naruto and then one of them overheard is like wait is that a naruto reference like yeah, yeah. they started like getting gas and stuff like that and that person he lived with us as well, like the next year. And, you know, I've been to, you know, when whenever law abidingly, I've hung out with him even this year and it's been great. And those little, and that would have never happened had I not met the first person. I don't watch Naruto. I don't watch anime. I never have. And I have a few times since then, since meeting them. But I may have not come into contact with this new person if it wasn't for the guy who made the Naruto comment in the first place. So it's just so interesting to see. And then from there on out, we made a group chat. We met more and more people and that just laid on and picked up. So we, to eventually we had a big group, which is great. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think I remember this buffet because it was for our, it was for our the cohort only. And yeah. there was like a pool table. Uh, I remember I jumped on the pool table and I just said to the people, I was talking to my mate and I was like, Sim, I don't know whether to ask these people if I want to be pulled on or not. I'm really bad. And mm-hmm. he's like, don't worry, us to compare together. He said, just ask. I was like, you know what? Yeah, we might as well. So I just asked the people on the table, I was like, can I play? They were like, yeah. So after this match, and then I was like, sure. So then they played after the match. And then I think we won because someone hit the black in. I think that's how, <laughs> it, all start- that's how it all started, how I w- was winning my matches. Someone hit the black yes. ball in. And then, I remember uh, that. That was a big then, meme. I, I won I won and it was just kind of funny because I played horribly that whole game. <laughs> like I know I deserve to lose. I can to this day I still remember. And yet you still it. won. I clutched it. It's the clutch gene. They call me MJ, not MS. MJ. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah. So I just I think, think it's just, um, the main thing to do is just to take initiative and you know, you will be feeling down and you may feel like you're not able to take that initiative. And if you're not, then just rest even more. Rest until you feel like this is too much, you know, I'm feeling too lonely now. I want to call a family member if you haven't found friends at uni. I want to call a friend that I've known from home if you're struggling to find a place at uni. Or alternatively, once you're able to have a bit more confidence and a bit more energy, then take that initiative and put yourself out there a little more because you can combat loneliness just by taking that initiative and just trying that little bit more. Um, and I know there was someone in my year group who has a lot of mental well-being issues and he was finding it difficult to find friends. So what he did was he went on a Facebook page and he advertised himself as wanting to find friends. And he you know, did a very raw, open and honest Facebook post about his struggles and about his mental well-being issues and his physical well-being issues. But he was so open about it. It got almost 5,000 
comments and reactions and people then reached out to him and wanted to be his friend wanted to be there for him and you know hang out with him and stuff like that and that was just because he decided to take the initiative and do something to step out of his comfort zone and it paid off dividends and it was amazing to see and you know hopefully um he still has some of those friendships to this day which would be amazing to see amazing yeah like i think for me when it comes to making friends and stuff like that i think to myself what's the worst case scenario if i want to be mates with this person and we just don't they don't like me and the worst thing that can happen is hopefully and i say this sometimes because i'm a massive overthinker i think to myself what if i meet them again in like five weeks time i'm that kind of person if i if, if we're trying to be mates with someone <laughs> they don't like me I'm like damn it what if i meet them five weeks time what would happen what what would happen and sometimes these kind of questions they're not helpful i, I can i can tell you that now they're not very helpful but the ones that I feel that are more helpful is like, if I'm going to overthink, I might as well overthink on questions which hopefully are in my favour. For example, what's the worst thing that could happen? Are you going to get beaten up if someone doesn't want to be your mate? <laughs> so, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I think as well, maybe that's the case because you can be annoying. But you know what? That's just me talking about myself sometimes. But the truth <laughs> is, is that that's not going to happen. And if you meet them again, fair play, you met them again. It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's very low. I feel like lots of people put in the category of high risk, high reward, because it's kind of the first time you're meeting new people. But because everyone's in the same game, it's actually low risk, low reward. Uh, no, low risk, high reward, because of the fact yeah. that the truth is that no one at the start of uni, and you're going to notice this as well, and I feel like loneliness actually does actually not only kick in at the very start of uni, but at the first two weeks as well. And I'll explain why in a second, because when you for the first two weeks you meet a group of people sometimes you meet them in fresh and sometimes you don't and you meet this group of people and then you son after two weeks kind of notice the kind of people they are and sometimes unfortunately you the people you're hanging out with you didn't really think they were the people that you thought you'd like to hang out with like they might have been a good time with you on those nights out but during the day they're just not the kind of people you kind of want to associate with or be friends with and I feel like that's the thing, the transition period is the most important because it's like, if you have a lot of friends during the beginning and then you move into that transition period where you make friends with other people, if you don't have anyone really at the start, it's going to be very difficult because that transition to meeting new people afterwards, the skills that you've learned to meet the people in the first week or two are going to translate to the people that you're going to meet either on your course or in different areas or different societies when those events happen. And you need that skill set. So I feel like, imagine pretending university's first two weeks is a training ground to become the best communicator in the world. Once you try to use that as a training ground, as a guinea pig, then you'll realize that you'll find the people you want to. Sometimes um, during this project, this little test, you'll meet people along the way that you do like hanging out with, regardless if you met them in the first two weeks and they'll be part of the transition. But I can tell you now, there's lots of people that I used to talk to in the first few weeks of uni, which I don't actually talk to at all and I haven't been, close to ever since but it's just how it is sometimes I feel like there's something to accept especially in a university environment that the friends that you're making freshers sometimes they might not be there for the whole journey but they are an important part of the journey because they start off the whole transition yeah they can act as the springboard correct but I wanted to um, just go back a little bit to something you said earlier and it was about how if there were people who were going out clubbing and you know that's not quite your scene so you may have been more um open to being friends with someone who is more you know into the stuff that you're into but would that not be a little restricting because for example i went out clubbing quite a lot 
in Freshers' Week, and I went to less of the um, society events and stuff like that. Do you not worry that you may miss out on something like that? Because if that was the case, you and I might not have linked up as hard. Or do you reckon we would have eventually come full circle and we would have ended up finding, you know, homieship? I think, <laughs> I think if you didn't do the same course as me, we probably would not have met each other realistically. If you think yeah. about the odds, it wouldn't have happened. It maybe if I went out a few times, I might have seen you. Then maybe it would have been a bit different. But the truth is, I know that I'm going to be annoyed at myself. It's that whole conversation I had in the episodes ages ago, where it's like, at the end of the day, I'm going to think to myself, why did I do it? I shouldn't have done it. And the truth is, I know lots of people suffer from FOMO, and lots of people struggle. I don't want to. I don't want to say this, but I'd rather do what I want to do and have less friends than do something that I wouldn't like doing just to make friends. And yeah. I know it sounds really weird because we just said a second ago take initiative do sometimes step out your comfort zone but it's like there's a comfort zone then there's a zone that I don't really fancy going into and I feel like I didn't want to go out and maybe because of my own fault and my own ideas of what going out was like and stuff I felt like I wouldn't be good in that environment but at the same time it's also I, I knew if I played my cards right there's enough stuff going on during the day to meet people and I didn't need to go out every night to meet yeah. those people as well. Like, let's say, for example, there was a sporting sports day event on like a Wednesday where you did just all these events that are, all these sports that are available outside and you can play any single one of them. Odds on that if I'm good at a certain sport like badminton or maybe if I could do like basketball, if I did football, I'm not good at basketball, by the way. But anyway, um, <laughs> if I did these sports, I would meet people that will enjoy it as much as I do. And if they do enjoy the sport, 10 times out of 10, you'd hope that they'd also engage in the sport outside of just playing it, which might mean football might translate Football might translate to watching football, watching Champions League, watching, did you watch the Euros? Playing watching, FIFA. Playing FIFA, etc. You know what I mean? So there's always, there's always something to take from one thing and, Badminton's a bit more difficult because I'll be honest, I don't know any professional badminton people. I just only watch it during the Olympics. But anyway, I just feel that once you meet people who appreciate something as much as you do, you don't. I, I feel like that's what I kind of understood. I was going to meet people that appreciated things as much as I did mm -hmm, for certain mm -hmm. things that I enjoy. And you're right, it is restrictive. If I'm honest, it was restrictive. And I didn't I wouldn't want to impose that on anyone I even said to my because one of my friends wasn't going out because I wasn't going out and I said to him straight up I said I chose not to go out and this is the choice I'm willing to take based on everything that's going on I said you don't have to copy what I'm doing I'm not doing this because I don't feel comfortable there and maybe this is going to be something that I work out two weeks later and I'll go like to you I shouldn't have done it but I'm willing to take the sacrifice of that but I don't want someone else to do exactly what I say because I know that I have a foolproof plan on making mates. So I think everyone's each to their own. But I also strongly advise that if there's something that you really oppose on doing, at least give it a try once. That's the one thing I'd probably say to myself now thinking back. I probably should have given it a try at least once on one night out during that week because things could have been very different. But obviously, I can't go back in time and time machines don't exist yet. I'm just waiting for yeah, Elon Musk yeah. to probably make something like that. <laughs> Hopefully, because he's doing a madness just generally in the world, which I can respect. But that's the thing. That's the plan. It's just understanding well, that, that you should kind of choose what you like doing, but at the same time, have that 
willingness to at least give something a try as well. Well, there's, there's the, always the common phrase of, you know, leaving your comfort zone, but you don't want to leave your comfort zone just to enter an uncomfortable zone. You know, you want to leave your comfort zone to find something that you then enjoy and you feel comfortable with. You know, you don't want to leave your comfort zone just for the sake of doing what people recommend and then finding actually I don't like this but you stay in it because that's what you've been recommended to do you know if you give it a go and you don't like it there's no shame whatsoever in thinking actually this isn't for me you know I've given it a go I left my comfort zone I've entered an uncomfortable zone I'm not a fan of this you may leave your comfort zone find actually I, I really like this I'm really glad I left my comfort zone and then that thing that you're doing becomes your new comfort zone that's when it's a good way to a good you know method to use but if you're just leaving your comfort zone for the sake of doing it and for the sake of trying something new because you've been recommended it and if you don't like it mate just just head back to what you're used to to what you know to what makes you happy and then recuperate have a little reflection on why you didn't like it what was wrong with it and build up from there and i think that's a very important important thing to note but also yeah, one one more thing one more yeah, thing to sure. note actually is uh-huh. also being able to be happy being alone you know not not necessarily equating happiness to being happy with other people you can be so happy just on your ones look at all of the introverts you know i know a fair few introverts who are perfectly socially adept and they have tons of friends but they're happy being on their own that doesn't necessarily make them loners doesn't necessarily make them feeling lonely they just prefer to be in their own company and that's okay as well you know to be accepting of being able to be alone you know to to enjoy playing being foot champs for eight hours straight oh i wonder who did that by the way oh maybe a certain co-host of mine um but also you know being able to be playing video games for hours or watching anime for hours or binge watching tv shows and if you're comfortable doing that and actually i you're realizing i like being alone and i i don't mind feeling without other people because that's what makes me happy then do that too you know equating happiness to other people can be dangerous because you can then get codependent and we probably may touch on this in about relationships aspect of it um later on but you know i i would say becoming happy happy with yourself first of being able to be you know content with yourself then reaching out to others is a very important thing to do you know if you equate happiness to a person to an individual or to multiple individuals if ever that individual leaves or you're not able to spend time with those people you'll then find yourself unhappy and in a rut when you're on your own and i think being able to accept happiness by yourself is another very powerful thing to do 100 percent, and um uh, i can't deny or accept those claims that you mentioned about foot champs but anyway <laughs> i think the happiness thing you're completely right i think happy happiness is just a state which has so many different variables but the only constant is you and that's the most important thing because yes maybe you plus having f- lots of friends does make you happy or potentially even more happy but there's a baseline and it's just you and that's the, what people need to understand. And I know it sounds so like, I don't want to say like cheesy, but it's like so repetitive that people say to you, oh, you have to sort yourself out first before you can look to other people. But it's so true. And it's it's just the reality of things. It's very difficult for people to get to know who you are. And it's hard for you to even go out your own comfort zones if you're not confident in yourself and you don't have that 
willingness to go out and do new things. And sometimes, like Joseph said, there's going to be times, and I really like what you said, Joseph, there's going to be times where you move in out of your comfort zone. But the only reason you try to move out of your comfort zone is to expand it. So if you're expanding it, but going into a place which is really, really uncomfortable, then don't feel shy or feel the need to try and expand it for the sake of expanding it. Because that's not the point. I'll be completely honest. A few confessions going on in this podcast, by the way, which is I kind of enjoy, but <laughs> I don't really like roller coasters. Someone takes me to Fort Park. I'm not going to lie. I'm not turning up. Anyone has a motive at Fort Park, I'm not turning up. <laughs> if Man, I go on a ride... Definitely... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I went on a ride, I'd probably start crying. And I'm not even going to lie to you. I, <laughs> I have a fear of roller coasters for some reason. And you I definitely find just, Manny in the arcade on the claw machines. <laughs> I can't. I can't hike it. I mean, you'll see me in Pizza Hut with the buffet. What are you talking about? <laughs> I raced, but, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. So I definitely wouldn't be there. Like The truth is, is that that's something I've, I'm willing to accept. That is something that I probably won't do. And I know, yeah, lots of people say it's a lot of fun. But it's one of those things where... You need to get to know yourself, get to understand yourself. And that's probably an un... It's a, it's that, me doing some of these rides would be me expanding my comfort zone. But at what expense? And I feel like that's the same with making friends and go, doing things. Like, There's definitely been moments in time where I can think of personally that it'd probably be better to do this one thing so then someone respects you more, maybe likes you a bit more. But then when you really think about it, what expense is that? And sometimes it's something that you don't agree with. And I feel don't make friends and combat the loneliness by just going completely 180 on what kind of person you are. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be lonely because no one actually knows you. And that's a loneliness that's something that no one can understand besides you. And that's why I feel like we definitely, I wanted to mention that because that's probably the most important thing. I could pretend to be someone I'm not make a lot of friends but when I go back to my room at the end of the day at the end of the uni then I'm about to go sleep you're just thinking about all the all those people you met you're friends with these people but they don't really know who you are and when they don't really know who you are you're just going to go back to the same place of being lonely and that's not really a great place you want to be at and pretending to be someone you're not just to make friends is not really something that I would uh, I agree with whatsoever and I remember one of my friends from for first year, he had, he did something similar to that where he didn't pretend to be someone he's not, but he altered aspects of his personality depending on who he was with to make himself more appealing to each friendship group. And at one point he became so socially drained. He lost all battery, all energy. Um, thankfully it was during reading week so he was able to not fall back on work and not have to worry about that either but he was so drained on energy because he was putting on all these facades up and all of these different faces just to try and fit in with as many people as he could because before coming to uni he had friends yes but he didn't have as many and he'd never experienced this before and he was loving the fact that he had so many different friends so many different people to talk to but he was unaware that with each group that he was with, he was putting on a front for some and, for, and not perhaps not for others, but he felt like his natural self wasn't the same as the ones he was potentially with. And that made him lose all of his social battery. And so we didn't see him for a couple of weeks and he was just so drained and so different. And thankfully I, I reached out to him and I said, oh, we, how are you doing, man? You haven't really um, come with us to any of these events that we've been inviting you to. You know, you said you've always been busy. Is everything all right? 
And what was really amazing of him and really brave of him to do was like, he actually said, actually, no, no, Joe, I'm, I'm not all right. Um, and this is what's going on. And he talked to me about it and he, he thankfully he lived really nearby. So I was like, mate, come over, please come over. I, I really wish you, I really want you to come over right now. And thankfully he did. He rolled over in his dressing gown and I made him some food. Just simple as that. I didn't ask him any questions. I didn't push him to talk about it because he'd already said more than enough for me to know what was going on. And I didn't want him to, to put himself out there more than he needed to or more than he wanted to share. I just made him some dinner. And then I said, mate, if you want, you can head home now. If you want to hang around, fair enough. And you know what? He, he headed home. But that was a social interaction that he, he was so happy to have because for a couple of weeks he was just by himself rebuilding it and recharging and he he felt like he was putting on a facade for so many people and that may have been the crux for him me just inviting him over not asking him any questions not pressuring him to talk about it literally just cooking him some food and I, I know to this day he appreciates it so it can happen to me and I didn't see it would be happening to him I thought oh it can't happen to one of my mates you know I think I'd be able to notice but it happened to him and I was able to notice but by then it was already a bit too late. He'd already fallen into a bit of a spiral. But I'm just happy that we managed to, I managed to help him get out of it. And he's doing better than ever now, which is great. Man, and that's awesome to hear because I think that's an important case study just as a reference point for the podcast. Uh, I feel like there's times that you need to adapt to different scenarios. But at the core of who you are, it doesn't really change. Like, I'd like to think this, but, and it's very difficult. Sometimes it is difficult. Like if you've put me in a room of different people that who all know me, I like to think that they'd all agree with many traits that I have, which is very similar or if not the same, but then there'll be some differences. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with that, but then there's something completely wrong with if you walked into a room, Joseph, and someone else and you, you, you're not particularly massive friends with or haven't spoken to that much knows me also and you're like oh what's your thoughts uh what's your if you had to sum up manny with 10 different characteristics what would you name them and then you're saying the complete opposite things i think that's where the disconnect really happens and like for example i might say less computer science stuff to certain people or i might say less stuff to do with certain things to certain people but that doesn't mean i'm less of who i am necessarily it just means that i'm perhaps more comfortable with these people with certain parts of me and there's nothing wrong with that I feel like yes there is a time and place to adapt to certain scenarios but at the same time I feel like if you're trying to adapt by literally changing what kind of person you are completely then there's something up like then there's something that needs to be addressed I feel that that's something that we should mention because I know that if I was the same person with everyone 24-7 which I think I might be because everyone thinks I'm equally as annoying but that's not the point the point is, is that if that's actually the case, um, sometimes it is, it, you want people to know you for who you are and having that consistency in your character is really important. And perhaps, it, hopefully, fingers crossed now, that doesn't happen to someone you know quite well again, but that can happen to people. And that's kind of how loneliness also occurs because it's like, I know a lot of people, but they don't know who I am. And I thought like that's something that we should address in this podcast, like we have done so already. Yeah, it's just, it, you'd hope that when you combine friendship groups that they all generally know who you are. And so far, for me, at least, I can say that's true. You know, when you've met my twin brother and you've met a few people that I've known from home, you you guys can talk about me and the stuff that I get up to and the absolute tomfoolery 
that I sometimes occur and you guys are like, yes, that is exactly who Joe is. And that is just so nice because I know that I'm being me around both of you. I'm not altering who I am. And yeah, you may need to alter who you are in a professional level. You know, I'm not going to be a hundred percent the way I am with my mates around strangers or around a professional work environment. Yeah, I'll still be me. I'll still show up to my job in a penguin onesie and make a few people laugh, but I'm not gonna be, you know, 100% the exact same way. You know, I'm still gonna be me, but it will be a little bit of a professional, professional Joseph Cutler. But it, at the baseline, if, if people around you aren't gonna accept you for who you actually are, then maybe it's time to change who you're around, not who you are. You want people to accept you for, for you, really. And it sounds proper cheesy and proper crass, but it is true. And it is something that can be quite degradating if you are altering your personality, depending on who you're with. No, definitely. You're spot on, man. And, and as we like tried to go on to the second portion of this episode, we did talk. We say we we're going to talk about heartbreak and you can just move on now to relationships, if you don't mind, unless yeah, you have absolutely. anything to add to the... No, let's move yeah. on, let's move on. Sure. Um, so my question is, uh, why, why do people leave relationships? What's your thoughts on that? Mm, well, it is, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Pete, there's a lot of reasons. Um, a lot of the time, it can just be circumstances change. For example, you know, there's an amazing career opportunity, but it requires you to move to a different country. And a long distance relationship isn't what you want to have. And that's just, you know, there's no animosity there. That's just how things are. You know, circumstances change. And so the relationship changes too, you know, and that's something that can be accepted. And those are the easiest ones to move on from because there's no animosity there. There's no emotions changing aside from the circumstance. And yeah, you could argue that emotions do change because if you wanted to make it work, you can make long distance work, but it is very difficult and it is hard to do that. Another reason why people leave relationships is because they want to spend time working on themselves. You know, they've, they thought a rela- they've had perhaps some difficulties previously, some traumas, and they want to take the time actually to be like, okay, I've in a good place right now. You know, this relationship has really helped me build myself up, but I want to try things on my own and I want to try things to be a bit more independent and not have, uh, an emotional dependence on somebody else. I want to see if I can take this world on on my own. And I can speak firsthand from that because that's why my first long-term relationship broke down was because she wanted to try and do things for herself. And I really respected that. And I was just happy that I was able to help her get to that stage because she was, you know, really having a difficult time and had a really horrible past that was really haunting her. And she was able to get past that to a point where she was able to do things on her own and able to take on the world by herself. And I'm really proud of her for doing that. And so, yes, I was upset in the moment. Yes, I was absolutely heartbroken because it was a really long relationship. And, you know, it was really, it was a good relationship, absolutely. But towards the end, things did turn sour a bit and there were more arguments and there were more disagreements. But that was because she was just trying to find a way to break things off because she wanted to take on the world by herself. And she knew that if she wasn't as emotionally invested in the relationship, it would end up hurting me as well, because I would want to be wondering what's going on. You know, why is she not feeling the same way anymore? Is it my fault? Is it anything I could have done? And I would have been getting strung along and she didn't want to do that to me. She said to me, you deserve to be happy with somebody else. And at the time, 
I was, you know, I was distraught. I'm not going to lie. But she was absolutely right. And so she left the relationship because she wanted to do things by herself. And I, I you know I'm not really following her on any social media anymore or really keep up with her life anymore. But I hope that she's doing well. And I hope that she's able to, to really find herself in that. And to be honest, she was right. Um, and I did deserve to hopefully be happy with somebody else. And a few months later, who'd have thought it? And then my current girlfriend came along and everything's been amazing. You know, she's going to get back from work today uh, on Valentine's and it's going to be really nice. You know, we're currently watching all of the Marvel films together in, in release order because she hasn't seen any of them. So she's really enjoying that. And this is really nice and wholesome. So, but the reason, and I'm, I'm, at the moment, at the time when the breakup happened, I was upset. I was like, why is this happening? But looking back, I am glad. And that is one thing, you know, oh, it's so cheesy to be like, oh, you'll heal in time. Oh, things will get better in time. Ah. You know, it sounds so like cheesy and stuff, but it is true. It just is. And I can speak firsthand for that. And I was actually talking to a friend yesterday who was going through a rough breakup. And I was telling the exact same thing. He's like, Joe, I know that things will be better in time, but right now it hurts. And I was just saying that you've got to understand the reason for them to leave the relationship and then you can get closure. And that was one thing that I, I did mention. What about yourself, Manny? As someone who hasn't quite had a, a long-term relationship, are there any things you've seen being the, the single man in the, in the building? I think it's, I put this, I feel like this is quite a good statement, actually. I'm actually proud of what I've written down. Go on, let's hear um, it. People all have non-negotiables. These are either character traits, qualities, or expectations they have of people or relationships. So whatever the case may be, usually it happens because someone is not able to fulfill or is unable to or cannot, for whatever reason, satisfy those non-negotiables. And I think that's the best way to put it, really, because whether it's you're moving to a different place but the, and your expectations of that person would move with you because of your jobs are moving in that direction, but they're not willing to move, which is an expectation that they're not able to fulfill. So you break up. And it's because of that, those non-negotiables that you have of people. And I, whether it's you want your, your girlfriend to be a certain way, you want them to, your boyfriend to be a certain way, you want your partner to be um, uh, like living up to what you believe in. And sometimes that's not the case. And sometimes these non-negotiables actually change over time because in a relationship, you work out what they are. Sometimes some people go put themselves into these relationships and they feel like they know what their non-negotiables are. But then when they're going through it in the motions, you're like, you've never had this experience before. So you don't know what kind of non-negotiables you have for this scenario. And then you work it out. And then once you worked it out, you can have a discuss it with your partner and be like, how can we move forward with this? And sometimes they can't move away from that. It was something they might value instead over what you have to say or they might value it a lot more than you probably do. And that's where the disconnect happens. And that's what I think I've noticed uh, from other people's experiences. So in, like you said, in the short term, yes, it sounds like it's really heartbreaking and it's hard to like under not understand why you don't live up to someone's non-negotiables because you used to be the person who fit it prior. But the problem then, but then you think about it in the long term, if you were in a scenario where someone said to you, you had to compromise on something that is a non-negotiable, you'd say to yourself, I wouldn't do it in a heartbeat. And you'd expect the same person from the other person. So it is difficult, but that that's kind of how I've summed it up. 
That makes sense to be honest. And I was talking to a friend, the same friend yesterday, about his previous relationship, and there were some non-negotiables there that, to me, they sounded oh this is kind of trivial. Like why was this such a big deal to you? And to his girlfriend at the time, it was she thought the same thing. This oh this isn't a big deal, but it was a big deal to him because it it was basically it it was that um, when he was cooking his ex-girlfriend wouldn't, didn't like stay with him in the kitchen and hang out with him while he cooked or she didn't offer to wash up afterwards. And that was such a non-negotiable to him. Like he wanted someone to take part and to be there and to appreciate that he was making a meal for her. And to her, she probably thought, oh, he just wants to cook by himself, you know, but to him, that was absolutely not the case. And it may seem trivial, but it's all about perspective because that to him signified so much more that she wasn't wanting to be there in the kitchen helping him cook. It signified that she wasn't as invested in the relationship or she didn't quite have the same level of commitment in terms of his, his things that he finds passionate about, she wasn't as passionate about. And that was a non-negotiable to him. And yes, it may be trivial to some, but you've got to respect other people's perspectives. And that was part of the reason the relationship broke down. And that's okay for that to be a reason because it was a big deal. It doesn't always have to be, oh, you know, they cheated on me and that's why I broke up. Or, you know, they, they trust and that's why they broke up. It can just be small things that just happen to be non-negotiables. No, precisely that. And it's all down to interpretation. Everyone has different standards. Everyone has different expectations. And it, it by, and I, I don't even want to, like, kind of describe what the person's expectations or qualities are because that's up to them. But if that was the case in that scenario for your friends, then I feel like they've done the best things for themselves. And it is difficult. Sometimes it sometimes feel like people feel like it's easy to offset these things and just carry on going because of the feeling of loneliness. But then you're going full circle because then it just goes back to what we said earlier about not being true to yourself. And for some people, it doesn't make sense. For some, it does. But it's just based on your own interpretations and what you believe is higher up on your pecking order, I suppose, compared to other people. Like like you said, the idea of not being together, perhaps cooking together, could signify lack of commitment, could even signify uh, not really caring as much for something that someone else cares about. And we won't know the answers, really. Well, I, personally, I wouldn't know the answers, but the truth is, is that it's whatever that person feels that it means. Like, I know for some people cooking means a lot to them because cooking means that you do something for someone else you're giving rather than taking but you're also sharing that experience and it this occurs for many different things that people do that they value higher than other things and so fair play fair play to whatever's happened but if if that was a reason why and other non-negotiables weren't fulfilled then like we said again in the short term it's going to be a lot of suffering and pain but in the long term it's a justifiable reason as to why it may have led to them splitting. Yeah, and that's um, that. That's something that people need to try and try and set a boundary for. For even you know, we we talked about setting boundaries, and when you mentioned first going into a relationship not knowing the boundary, you you don't really know what your boundaries are, and then you find them out, and you can just lay it out, have a conversation about it, let them know, and if they're still unwilling to make that change, then you've got to come to terms with whether the relationship is right for you. But perhaps you should give it a bit more of a chance to see if this person didn't even realize. And if they do realize and they change their actions, then fantastic. That is communication. That is perfectly what a relationship should be about. Uh, 
just moving on a little bit now to a different question is that um, how should one deal with a breakup and what do you suggest to do immediately after? Have you got any words of wisdom that perhaps you've given to some of your friends, Manny? I know that the phrase coaches don't play. So is there anything you've, you've recommended? You're funny, man. You're funny. But <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so my advice, I, I don't, I, I know lots of people get into a relationship right after they've broken up with someone. I don't think that's the best thing to do. I don't feel like, I feel like that just offsets the pain and suffering like it's one of those things where it's like um how do i explain it you're you've been doing a lot of exercise and then now you've stopped your regime now you've just gone straight into creams and you've also the most sugary thing possible because of whatever reason um and then it's just not good for you it's just it might be a short-term high but there's always gonna you're always gonna come crashing down and i personally don't agree with that especially immediately after because Yes, the the suffering and the pain might worsen, but then you're not really answering or giving yourself a time to take in what's actually occurred. And I feel like the most important period actually during a relationship, especially during a breakup, is actually straight after, where that should be time taken out thinking to yourself, what could have done different? What could you have done differently? What do you feel like you failed to do? Sometimes it's a failure on your behalf, not only on the other person's, because if it's mutual, then I feel like. Yes, that person understands, but then also it might be because both parties have an agreement on certain things that they, they should be a, be a part. But then that also means that you play a factor into why it happened. And I feel like thinking about these questions and finding out answers for yourself. And it doesn't mean you have to, like, I'll be honest, in, a, in an ideal world, if I go into a relationship and someone broke up with me, I'll just ask them for feedback. But you obviously know that's not the case and you obviously can't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but that's something I would personally want to do. But the truth is you can't do that. So you have to think to yourself, what do you feel like you did wrong? What do you feel like? Because if, if you were about to break up and you got into a massive argument, listen, actually listen to what the person's saying. Because I know it might not sound great and they might be like over-exaggerating and it might be really hurt, uh, like really rude. But they might be speaking some truths because that might be the one moment they were able to speak up and say what they wanted to say. And even if it is a bit more calm and it's not so heated, still listen to what they have to say because that, that moment when you like, decide to break up and you have that conversation, people are just telling each other the truth, really. There's nothing to... There's not, well, I, I don't want to say there's nothing to lose because it's already like, happened, but it's like... You could reconcile the fact that you want to be together again, but... In essence, when that happens, you normally think there's nothing to lose, so you might as well just say everything. And so they might explain to you, you did this, uh, I think this you should have done this differently, or they might be like, This is what I didn't appreciate that you did. And you can and then really think about those things because maybe you might think to yourself, Oh, that's unreasonable. And for some people that might be the case. The first few days you're like, you know what, everything they mentioned it wasn't it was unreasonable. It didn't make sense, this, this, and that. And we have these excuses. But if you really sat down and thought to yourself, was it really unreasonable? Sometimes you might say yes, but you really got to think about it. And I feel like taking in what people have said or taking in what perhaps what you think personally that went right and what's wrong is the best place to start immediately after. And I don't think anything, I don't think putting yourself back on the scene immediately really helps because if I'm honest, you're probably going to result into having the same errors. If you don't know how to fix this, if it happens again, what are you going to do? The question should be, if this happened again, because of the same reasons this person's explained, what would you do? 
And if the answer is nothing, then you haven't understood the premise of the exercise and you're going to result into breaking up with potentially someone else based on the same reasons. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree because that was the kind of thing I had as well. You know, I, I my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend and I, we broke up in August and um, my current girlfriend and I, we, got in, we first met and got into a relationship in November. So I was single for around three months. And during that time, a great way for me to get distracted was to, I got a job. You know, I got a, my first ever actual job and that just took my mind off of things. You know, I was, I was constantly on my phone just waiting for her to message and she made it very clear and i'm very grateful for this she made it very clear that she wasn't going to because she just wanted it she didn't want to make it more complicated more difficult more convoluted than it needed to be and so even though i was waiting knowing a message would never come really but i was still hoping that it would once i accepted that i was able to move on I was able to, you know, start. I started work at 4 a.m. and I finished at midday. As soon as I finished at midday, I'd go and meet one of my friends and we'd hang out until like 7 o'clock at night. I'd chill and have some dinner and, until 9 p.m. And then I'd go to bed. Same thing that happened the next day. I'd have a routine that I could stick to. I wouldn't have any gaps in the day, which you could say is draining and you could say is potentially unhealthy. But at that moment, I wanted to be distracted. Um, me, my mum and my brother, we went to Ireland for an amazing two-week holiday on a beautiful place. Ireland is a beautiful place. I'd recommend it hugely to go there. And that, again, took my mind off of things and it allowed me to be distracted. But I did also allow myself to come to terms with things. And the best way for me to do this and the best way for the relationship to fully have closure is to come to terms with it. And I did this by just writing down my thoughts on a piece of paper. You know, I, I've mentioned that I wrote down my fears about going to Thailand and India um, on the podcast before. And that helps me, you know, manifest it and get it into the real world and get it outspoken and knowing what's going on, being able to have a place where my thoughts reside. And I did the same thing after my first major breakup is I wrote it down and I wrote down the reasons potentially why we've broken up, you know, and if there was anything I could have done differently, and there was, but would that have stopped the relationship from ending? Not necessarily, because the problem didn't lie with me. It lied with her wanting to be independent. And so writing it down was very important and being able to have time to myself was also very important. I, I would not recommend going straight into another relationship unless per, per, perhaps you've already got something in mind or someone who you might be vibing with. You know, you might already have closure on the previous person. You might already have got a zip in that and across through the name and thought, okay, we're done. This person is not in my life anymore and I'm not going to think about them in that way ever again. And I know that. Then it could be fine to move on, but you've got to make sure you've got closure first and you've got to make sure you've accepted and know what's going on. And I know that I didn't for the first couple of months after the breakup. And I know that if I had got into relationship at that point, it would have been too early and I would have not ended up making any changes. For example, one of the major changes that I learned was being able to make my partner feel like they're a priority. I did not do that in my first relationship and I'm fully aware of it. And for example, there was, there were certain things that were non-negotiables to her that I didn't acknowledge. 
and yet she was still willing to be with me even because of that and I was like well you know why would you put yourself through that well that's because at that point she was willing to try and make the relationship work and I know this now because of the reflective time that I took and in my current relationship I've been able to take those lessons that I've learned and strengthen this relationship that I've got and we've been together for almost a year and a half now but it feels like so much longer and it feels like everything is just right and it's natural and it's the way it should be because I've, I've learned those things. And I would have been able to do that if I'd got straight into another relationship. So I'm really glad that I took that time to not do that and only move on when the time was right and when I felt ready to. And I'm sure my current girlfriend thanks me for it. Um, and it's been very important and it's been an amazing, amazing time so far and hopefully for a lot longer in the future. But just learning from those lessons and being able to acknowledge that, yes, there's times you could be wrong. And, you know, it hurts to admit criticisms. It hurts to be told, actually, you weren't good in this aspect. Actually, you could have done more here. That hurts to hear, but it doesn't make it any less true. You know, it, it, even though it's painful and you don't like being criticized, you, the criticisms were still valid. And I acknowledged that after my, my, of course, I had my initial, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And then I was like, ah, oh, shit. No, no, they're right. They're right. So I learned from those things and my pride did not get the better of me. And I'm all the better for it. Yeah, man. And I think the important things there that you mentioned, you said a lot, but also routine and structure is very important because when you're with someone, sometimes your days are just, you spend days together and you do things together and then that routine just goes out the window because you're no longer together and I feel having a routine of somewhat of a structure of your day gives you that pattern where uh, you have like a pattern of things that you do constantly and it kind of it makes things easier for you because sometimes things that you felt like you could just do feel much more heavy or much more harder uh, much harder sorry because of the fact that maybe you're not with someone and you're going through like so many different emotions that you can't keep up with things so I get where you're coming from with having a routine because the routine definitely plays a massive role into that. But as the last question for this podcast, um, what should people do who are single looking for a relationship? Thing is, man, so since 2016, since I was 15 years old, I pretty much been in a relation in relationships. You know, I was with my first girlfriend for three and a half years. I was single for three months. And now I've been with my current girlfriend for one and a half years. So, for pretty much all of my, you know, teenage, my pre, my post-pubescent teenage years, I've been in a relationship, so I'm not really the most qualified to talk about what people who are single should do. And I don't think there's any right answer. Um, the main thing that I did was I got a haircut. <laughs> That's the main thing. This I tried. guy, this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not saying this question's for me, to be honest. I just wrote it down because I thought it'd be a good question. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if, you yeah. Legit said, if you legit said to me, and I'm like, yo, I'm looking for a racist, Joseph, what should I do? And you said, get a haircut. <laughs> I wouldn't talk to you for like two days. I'll just be like, are you a joke? <laughs> Bro, but that's what that's literally what I did. Like I can't explain any other thing. I distracted myself and um I, I meant to meet new people, you know, my work colleagues that I'm still friends with to this day. Um but I got a haircut. I, I got a haircut and I dyed my hair silver. Cause I've always wanted to okay, do that. Besides okay, besides dyeing my hair, all I'm gonna say <laughs> is that means in my in this year I probably have a haircut every six weeks, yeah. Okay. There's fifty two okay. weeks there's fifty two weeks in a year. Divide that by six, you're looking at um, eight you can do it, man. You can do it. You can do it. I know. I, I know. I can A-level, do it, maths, but, um... A-level maths. A-level maths. <laughs> Mate, you're putting pressure on me for no reason. 
654. Just under nine. It's like an eight point something. Eight point five. I don't know if it actually is eight point five, but anyway, <laughs> let's just say. Uh, there's 8.5 opportunities of me in the year <laughs> finding someone based on the fact that I have a haircut every season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're Ooh, okay. Come off I think. It. Come uh, off uh, okay, okay. A better, a better way of describing it is to have a a, a physical transformation. Like, for example, one of my the friend who I was talking to yesterday, he said he's gonna focus a bit more time on getting in shape. Not necessarily because he wants to have a six pack or he wants to have abs or you know be really hent. He just wants to have a bit of a better physical well being because he when he feels like he looks better, he carries himself with more confidence, which naturally makes you more approachable and more attractive. And that would mean that's a better way to meet people. Like when I got this haircut, it wasn't necessarily the haircut that made me more attractive. It was the confidence that I got from having the haircut and having the transformation that I had and the same could be said for my friend who I spoke to the other day it's not necessarily the the abs that he'll now have it's the confidence he gets from having that so perhaps that could be a better piece of advice to to give rather than get a haircut would be have a bit of a transformation that allows you to feel more confident I, I don't know what to say really do you have any advice money? Your haircut gave you a career. Uh, my advice is, I don't. The truth is, I'll be honest. I I don't have great advice if because I'm oh not, wow, I'm not, many. I'm not, no, but bro, mine's different. I'm struggling. That's the difference. Oh, shit. Yeah. When, when you're going through, when you're trying to, I don't really have a proven success formula. You said you've been in two relationships. I don't. I haven't been in one, so I can't really give people advice. But I feel like if you're like looking for something, then obviously you have a different applications, online applications to use. Um, mm-hmm. personally I wouldn't use them because I, I don't know I just have a think about it I don't really want to use any of the like Tinder Bumble etc um, I might even prove myself wrong maybe one day I'll use it but anyway I just feel like it's doing the things you enjoy and do, finding a place where you can do the things that you enjoy with other people because then you find people that you'll connect with better and once you find those people then it's that's kind of where you're going to find someone that you'd hopefully have a long lasting relationship with. Like it's, 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 I feel like there's certain places where you can just meet someone for the first time, but then yeah. it's also very difficult to meet someone in like a bar. Yeah. You can probably have a, a go on a date or two, but you don't really know what they're about unless you do like certain dates on a, like certain things for a date. Like you might say, do you want to do this experience? I feel like doing experiences with people, is the best way to find someone that you think you'd be compatible with or the right chemistry with. But then at the same time, it, I feel like, yeah, if we're just talking about dating, then I feel like that's the best thing to do. Like do experience on your dates. Just don't go out for a dinner, go for like an experience and see how that person responds. Like, bro, listen to this. It's actually proper meta. This is, I can't lie. Go on, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Imagine you go to like somewhere like, um, you know, what are those places where like they have like not a crash course, but, is it go ape? Is that something? Yeah, yeah, go ape, go ape. Okay, yeah. Put someone, say to them that we're going to go to this place, go ape, yeah, and do that <laughs> thing. Think of it logically. You're putting someone in a situation where they have to go through a challenge and have to work out what they need to do, and you're putting them in a high-pressure environment because you might be like, it's a competition. You've put the person under a ton of pressure. I know it might, it might not be great because someone might feel pressured to go into, on a date with you because you might be amazing, but fair enough. But anyway, um imagine you put someone under that much pressure and you see how they respond you're finding a warrior you're finding a warrior if they finish that <laughs> i'm telling you now that's the best way to do it survival of the fittest bro man looking says. to create a new super race what the fuck 
no, but, like, if you put someone in these kind of environments and experiences, you kind of see how they react. Like, imagine you said to someone, let's do a, um, is it a panic room? What is it called? Yeah, uh, escape room, escape room. Escape room, that was it, yeah, escape room. You see how good they are solving issues and problems. Okay, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel like this is actually really, really meta. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I think, it's, think of it logically. You put them into an escape room, really. it shows how well you can work together. Communication. Also, communication, it shows how well you can work together. It also shows how they react in high pressure situations. It also okay. shows what they can do in a timed environment. Problem solving, problem solving. Problem solving, exactly. You're hitting all the right, you're Bro, hitting all you're, the right so, check marks. If any people listening today want to take anything from this podcast, it's take your date on the first date to an escape room. You'll find out everything you need to know in one hour. <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm getting, bro. That's what I'm getting. Is that is that better than telling me to have a haircut? Or someone have to have a haircut? Yes, it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. All right. You got me there. You got me there. You got me yeah, there. No, I genuinely think that's the best way to, best way to do it. Thing is, counter- counteracting what you said about in a club, me and my girlfriend met in the club, to be fair. And we were actually talking the other day about if there was one deal breaker, like say if you saw me, in, if she asked, oh, Joe, if you saw me in the club and there was one thing I was doing differently, which meant you wouldn't have wanted to approach me, what would it be? And I was thinking, well, actually, that's a good point. I thought about it and I said, the reason I approached you and wanted to try and start something, see if there was some chemistry there, was because you looked fun. You looked fun. You know, you were in the moment. You weren't standing on the side, moping or anything like that. You were getting involved with your friends, having a laugh, uh, just absolutely just having a good time. And that's what I really appreciate in a relationship. Someone who's fun, which is um, uh, different to the previous relationships that I've had. You know, there have been different relationships. And this one I've currently got with my girlfriend is amazing. And it's a fun relationship. And that was the first impression that I got from in the club. You know, you can get to see someone, but admittedly, it was a risk. You know, we could have talked and I could have hated her personality. Thankfully, <laughs> absolutely not the case. But she looked fun. And that was something that was a massive deal to me. And that's why we hopefully, you know, I asked for Instagram at the end of the night. And she also said two days later, we passed each other in the library. And I, I said hi and I did her a little wave and stuff like that. She said if I didn't wave to her and I didn't like acknowledge her existence, she would not have had anything to do with me at all. Because that would have shown her a deal breaker that, you know, I just thought it was something small or flippant or not a big deal than what we had in the, the club that night. But I didn't. And that's that crazy, was, man. And it always takes it always yeah, takes one moment, literally. That's all it took. That's all it would have taken. And if that never happened, she never would have um, come to stay in London with my family. We would have never gone to Bournemouth together um, when lockdown was eased to spend time there. We would have not celebrated two birthdays together and two Valentine's Day together and done all these amazing things if I'd simply not acknowledged her walking past her in the library. And yeah, mate, don't, don't don't degrade yourself, man. You also acknowledged her, but then you also had a haircut. Don't forget that, of course. Oh shit! Yeah, the haircut, the hair. Um, oh, but but it, it it I saw that she was a Go fun person. Side, no, fair play. No, and, 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 yeah. and as you said about experiences, one the first actual date inverted commas that we went to was a dog cuddling experience run by the University of sorry, Mechanical Engineering Society, which in my opinion is one of the best societies. So shout out to to the president there. She is a brilliant president for the society. But 
she was um, organizing a cuddling dogs experience. And I was like, do you want to go to this? And we had only known each other for a couple of weeks at that time. And she said, yeah, absolutely. I love dogs. And it was so much fun. And that was an experience that we shared and we were smiling and laughing and it was great. And then every other um, dog cuddling experience day that there was, we went to every single one of them. And it was awesome. It was something we knew we could do together. And it was an experience. And we got to chat to each other about animals and about dogs and about our pets and stuff like that. And it just formed common ground that we could then build upon. And that which has made the amazing relationship we've got today. Uh, mate, I think that's the way to end it off, really. The dog experience is something different. I'm telling you, man, you, you basically listened to my advice before even me asking me. I can respect that. Honestly, Manny's playing, playing coach. You've got Pep Guardiola, Hansi Flick, and fucking Jose Mourinho in the building. My guy, all in Manraj. <laughs> oh, really? You want to be so funny, though, that someone is to this podcast, and let's just say they were interested in me, and we actually went on a date, and they took me to an escape room. I'd be very worried. I'd actually be very worried. <laughs> Damn it, man. They've got me on ropes right now. Oh, they they heard it that oh, okay Manny wants to go to an escape room let's do it and then you're like in there you have no idea what's going on you start panicking no, no, no. And I shit. can imagine I can imagine it when the person says oh yeah we're gonna go for an escape room I'll be losing I mean I'll be overthinking <laughs> it I'll be like damn it man why did I say it on the podcast I'll just put myself on blast but, but then yeah, but then no. you know that they've listened to their podcast and they hear all the other stuff you've got to say so that's also true to a window to your personality that's also true, but then it also is a window to my stupidity. So hopefully that's they can true. hack it if they're that's listening true. to it that much. Yeah. But then they no, know it's in about you already. But yeah, I think yeah. that's a good way to end, Manny. Thank you that's for cool. bringing it up today, man. It's been great to talk about. Yeah, no, I've really, I've really enjoyed this podcast. Man. It was something like we haven't done one of the, uh, one of these in a while as well, and it was just good fun. It was really yeah, good fun. man. It was good. It was good fun. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you want to take anything away from the podcast, it is get a haircut and go to an escape room. <laughs> um, no, nah, we're kidding, we're kidding, we're kidding. It is, if you're lonely, take the initiative and try and be happy in your own space and then try and expand your comfort zone into a larger comfort zone rather than going to an uncomfort zone. Try and do a little bit more than you normally would to take the initiative and combat that loneliness. Go that little step further than you usually would and people will appreciate that. If you're having a rough time after a breakup, take time to find closure and take time to really accept criticism and accept faults and flaws and think, okay, yeah, this is true. And don't make those snap judgments and think, all right, I'm going to improve upon this. I'm going to build myself up to become the best version of myself before getting into a new relationship. And who knows, that next one might fail too. You either win or you learn. And without further ado, we'd like to thank you all for joining us today. Uh, if you'd like to follow us, we are the official DMC podcast on Instagram. And, you know, we don't do any advertisement. So if you do find anything useful from the things we've talked about today, please just tell one friend about us and just try and spread the word. We're hoping to, you know, reach as many people as we can. So once again, thank you for listening. This is the DMC podcast signing off.